Welcome to the Daily Office Lectionary. I'm Father Reed. This week, we're going to look at the fifth Sunday after the Epiphany. The fifth Sunday after the Epiphany. It's going to follow very close to the fourth Sunday after the Epiphany because we will continue our reading of scriptures from Isaiah. We will look at Isaiah 57 through 61. The, we will go and finish Galatians 6. We talked about Galatians chapter 4, 5, and the first half of 6 last week. And look at 2 Timothy, Paul's letter to 2 Timothy, which happens to be his last letter. And then turn our eyes toward Jesus and Mark chapter 9 and chapter 10 as Jesus closes in to his preparation for death in chapters uh, 14 and 15 of Mark. Isaiah 57. Let's go to Isaiah 57. Remember, Isaiah is about 700 B.C. 57, 14 to 21. For this is what the high and lofty one says, verse 15, he who lives forever, whose name is holy. It's another identification of who God is. He is holy. He lives forever. So he is eternal. I live in a high and holy place, but also with him who is contrite and lowly in spirit. Now, that is a wonderful place to put yourself before God. Contrite, lowly. You might have heard the word humility, low estate. To revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. Okay? All right. I have seen his ways, verse 18, but I will heal him. I will guide him and restore comfort to him. Our God is a very active God. He is not only a very loving God, but he is active with his people. Now, he is not very helpful to the wicked, though. Verse 21, there is no peace for the wicked. Last verse of chapter 57, there is no peace for them. The wicked cannot exist in this world without God and do well. It's simply impossible. They will not have peace. They will not have tranquility. They will not have serenity. Chapter 58. He talks about fasting. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will call for help and he will say, here am I. And so Isaiah says, if you do away with the yoke of oppression, with a pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, verse 10, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. Bless other people. Give yourself to other people. Have an outreach to other people. Help the hungry. Help the poor. Help the oppressed. Be a person that is willing to intercede for others, with others, love others, serve others, help others. That's a wonderful position to take. It's a very strong New Testament position too, as well as Old Testament. Chapter 59. Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have become his face, have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Now the Lord can save and the Lord does save and he can hear. 
but our sin can separate us and cause unnecessary damage. His sins have hidden his face from you, for your hands are stained with blood, your fingers with guilt. Your lips have spoken lies and your tongue mutters wicked things. This is not good. Stay close to God. Do his will. Listen to him. Follow him. Verse 7, this is not what you want. Your feet, Their feet rush into sin. They are swift to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are evil thoughts. Ruin and destruction mark their ways. The way of peace they do not know, verse 8. There's no justice in their path. They're not just. So justice is far from us, verse 9. And righteousness does not reach us. Truth is nowhere to be found, chapter 59, verse 15. Okay? Truth is nowhere to be found. That is not a place that you want to go. So again, we see in the scriptures where he shows us this is the right way to live. This is not the right way. Here are the consequences of doing the right thing. Here are the consequences of doing the wrong thing. He describes them well. He shows us the consequences real well. And he tells us which path we should take. Which path we should take. Continuing on with 59. Verse 18, according to what they have done, so he will repay wrath to his enemies and retribution to his foes. He will repay their islands their due. So there's going to be a reward for blessing and a curse for those who disobey the Lord. There will be, re there will be retribution, okay? There will be significant amount of wrath in wrongdoing, do the right thing. Know what the right thing is. The Redeemer will come to Zion, chapter 59, verse 20. To those in Jacob who repent of their sins. What's the solution? Repent of your sins. That's why it's so important for me to go to church on a regular basis. To kneel down and to confess my sins. Very important. Confess your sins. When we move away and we fall away from the Lord, we want to tell him we're sorry. Psalm 51. Continuing on in chapter 60 of Isaiah. Arise, shine, your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. That's what you want. The light of the Lord to come. The glory of the Lord to rise upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. That's what you want. You want the glory of the Lord to be shown. You want the glory of the Lord to be with you. You want the light of Christ to be present. You want the light of the gospel to be present. You want the light of God to be present. Chapter 61, verse 1. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release for the prisoners. Chapter 61, verse 2. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. And so we see the person that is going to have the Spirit of God and the, the anointing of the Lord and ultimately is going to be Jesus. Where the Spirit of God is going to come on Jesus, we see that it is baptism, and he is going to anoint him and Jesus is going to have this tremendous ministry as we've seen when we've studied Mark in the daily lectionary readings, uh, or Luke, or, or John, or Matthew, all the same, where God, through Christ, does tremendous tremendous good. 
And we see that shown to us by the prophets, especially, who tell us about the coming of the Lord, the coming of the Messiah, and what he will do and what he will look like. Chapter 61, verse 10. I delight greatly in the Lord. That's a good place to be, delighting greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God. Okay? We want your soul to follow Jesus. We want your soul to be joyful and glad in the Lord. We want the soul to rejoice in God. For he has clothed me with garments of of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. You're putting on the robe of righteousness. You're putting on the mantle of God's favor, of God's love, and you are delighting greatly. 62 verse 3, you will be a crown of splendor in the Lord's hand, a royal diadem in the hand of your God. It's a beautiful way that God describes us. A beautiful way that God describes us. As a young man marries a maiden, verse 5 of 62, so will your sons marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will God rejoice over you. The excitement of a bridegroom rejoicing over his bride, the same kind of beautiful metaphor of how God rejoices over us. You will be a crown of splendor, and we will delight in the Lord. So this beautiful relationship between ourselves and God, this beautiful, loving relationship that we can have between him. And this is my prayer for all of us, that we will delight in the Lord, we will love the Lord, we will follow the Lord, uh, we will submit to the Lord, we will do his will. And in that relationship of love and peace and joy, there's a very close bond between yourself and the Lord, between myself and the Lord. And I pray that these scriptures as you read them slowly and carefully in Isaiah this coming week, will bless you abundantly. Let's look at the end of Galatians chapter 6, a beautiful close to a fantastic book. He says in verse 14, and I pray this is true for all of us, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision mean anything. What counts is a new creation. What counts is a new creation. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Boast in Christ, folks. Do not boast in yourselves. There's no glory in that. There is glory in boasting in Christ and seeing the glory of Christ and experiencing the glory of Christ. Our own glory, worthless. What counts is a new creation. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, brothers. New creation, a new person in Christ. What a beautiful ending to the great Galatians. Second Timothy, a couple of chapters over. Let's run through 2 Timothy, and you'll see in your post, you see chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, and chapter 4. For this reason, chapter 1, verse 6, I remind you to fan into flame, fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but of a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. 
And I pray that all of us will enjoy that immensely. A spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Verse 14, guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. The good deposit, right? What you've learned, you've heard from me, verse 13, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Jesus. Guard that good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard the blessings of Christ, the gospel of Christ, the riches that you have in Christ. Guard it with your all your life. May the Holy Spirit help you to guard the riches of Christ. And, and you're not giving them away. You're not moving away from them. You're continuing to grow them. You're continuing to develop them. You're continuing to grow in Christ and love Christ more and more. I pray that's true for all of us, for every one of us. Chapter 2, verse 1, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. I have that listed on one of my note cards. I love that short verse. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. My prayer for all of us. The things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable men who will be qualified to teach others. And so we teach others the truth of the gospel. Do your best to present yourself, verse 15, chapter 2, Present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. You are approved by God. You do not need to be ashamed. You correctly handle the word of truth. The word of truth that's in the gospel. You speak the truth. You speak the truth in love. And you, um, you confess it and you live that gospel message. Everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. Verse 19. Verse 22. Flee the evil desires of youth. Pursue righteousness. This is a great scripture for all of us. Pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Pray for a pure heart for all of us. Righteousness, faith, love, Peace. Pursue them. Go after them. Those four commodities. You can't buy those. You can't buy righteousness. You can't buy faith. You can't, can't buy love. You can't buy peace. Pursue them in Christ. Chapter 3, 2 Timothy. Mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days, verse 1. 2. People will be lovers of themselves. We see that today. Lovers of money, we certainly see that. Boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents. Ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal. Not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited lovers of pleasure that rather than lovers of God. Do not love pleasures more than God, people. Having a form of godliness but denying its power have nothing to do with them. Love God above all things. Love your neighbor as yourself. Be careful. Verse 15. From infancy you've known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. This is why we read the Scriptures. I want you to be wise. Scriptures God-breathed. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Four things. Why? so that you may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God wants you to be mature. 
and healthy in your faith and do good works for the glory of God, not boasting in yourself, end of Galatians chapter 6, not boasting in yourself, but we need to be taught, we need to be rebuked sometimes, we need to be corrected, we need to be trained, we need to be trained in righteousness. Remember, this is Paul's last letter, 2 Timothy, to Timothy. And he says at the end of it, 6 and 7 and 8. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. I hope all of us at the end of our lives, if we are aware that we are at the end, can say these words. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. May God bless each of us to be able to say that confidently. I've given it everything I had. I have got to the finish line. It's a long journey. It's a long road. I got to the finish line by God's grace. And at the end of that, I kept the faith. Now, there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, a reward for his faithfulness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day, and not only to me, but also all who have longed for their appearing, that each and every one of our viewers may have the confidence in Christ to say these great words in verse 7, and have a crown of righteousness that will be placed upon your head because of your faithfulness in the Lord. May God grant that for all of us. Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. Continuing on with Jesus. He is teaching at the end of chapter 9, 30 to 30, 41. And then from 42 to 50, if anyone wants to be first, verse 35, he's got to be the last and the servant of all. You want to be the first? Be the last. If you want to be the first, you need to be the last and you need to be the servant of all. Is that easy to do? No, it is not. How do you do that? By submitting to the Lord, by submitting to the Holy Spirit, by doing what God says. By doing his will instead of your will and my will. Chapter 10. He talks about divorce. He, re, he tells us again about marriage. The beginning of creation. God made them male and female. For this reason. Chapter 10 verse 6 and 7. A man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. They are no longer two but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let man not separate. The institution of marriage is upheld by Jesus. The little children. People were bringing little children to have Jesus touch them. The disciples rebuked them. Isn't that amazing? Jesus saw this. He was indignant. Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. He took the children in his arms, he put his hands on them, and he blessed them. Beautiful example of the love of Christ to even little children. Very powerful scripture. Very powerful scripture in chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. A rich man comes up to Jesus. What must I do to have eternal life? Great question. All right, the commandments. He lists the commandments, and the guy says, I've kept all these since I was a little boy. Okay, one thing you lack, Jesus says. 
Verse 21. Sell everything you have. Give it to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven when you do that. Then come and follow me. The man's face fell. Verse 22. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed. Jesus said, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Then the disciples said, then who can be saved? If, if, if a rich man has a hard time being saved, who can be saved? Because they thought that the rich were more valued by God because they had greater things. Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. All things are possible with God. What a great message for those listening today. All things are possible. He again predicts his death in 32 to 34. He says he's going to rise again at the end of this time. They didn't fully comprehend what he was saying. Teacher, James and John say, We want you to do whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? Let one sit at your right hand and the other your left hand. (laughs) And he says at the end of that, 43, 44, 45, whoever wants to be great must be your servant. Remember I talked about that a few minutes ago? And whoever wants to be first must be the slave of all. The Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve, verse 45, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Beautiful verse, the great Mark 10, 45. And finally, blind Bartimaeus receives his sight. This is one of the last miracles of Mark. Blind Bartimaeus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. He shouted even the louder. Jesus stopped calling. Verse 49, they called the blind man, cheer up on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet, he came to Jesus. Can you imagine? I'd love to see this. What do you want me to do for you? He knew he was blind, but he still asked that great question. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. There's physical sight here that he received, and then there's spiritual sight to be able to see the things of God. Well, it's hard to surpass Isaiah, 2 Timothy, and Mark. These are beautiful scriptures. And I pray that all of us will see what the scriptures are saying and that in that sight, our faith will increase and our love for God will be greater. May God bless you as you study these beautiful scriptures together in the week of Fifth Epiphany. God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next week.